Okay. Um, think about the world that we live in. It's uh, from when we read Romans 8, verses 22. I'm not sure about you guys, but I don't wake up every morning thinking in these terms about the world like this. That I'm going out into a world that's filled with frustration and corruption. Um, that's not always my mindset when I'm waking up and going out into the world. I, I don't know about you. But that is the world that we live in. How do you describe this world that we live in? What's, we, we said corruption. And I think most of us Christians would say the world is corrupt. Right? <clears throat> Bondage. I don't think of decay. I, I don't think of the world that's, that's decaying or I don't think of groaning as in pains of childbirth. Right? Um, when Paul uh, says that this, this groaning and pain of childbirth it's an example that reminds of us of life, the process of life, right? And therefore, we can remember that there is a redemption process as well. There's a, there's a purpose for that, that childbirth. And uh, we can look at our, our lives and see that as the same way. But also, I think, as he said, we, we have to deal with Satan. How often do I think I go out into the world thinking that all these things I've got to deal with, right? And how am I going to, how do you navigate through that when you're thinking uh, that this is, the, how do you deal with a broken and corrupt world? Um, <clears throat> so let me hear you. How, how do you go out and deal in a broken and corrupt world? Mm. Okay. Well, you know what Peter says, right? About Satan. <laughs> you know that that uh, we have to deal with Satan. He 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 prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking those to uh, devour. Why don't we do this? Why don't we look a little bit closer at Deuteronomy eleven? <clears throat> verses 4 to 23. Take notice of, of, of the reactions of Israel. Yeah. Numbers 11, I'm sorry, class. I'm looking here and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, Numbers 11. Can you, first five verses. Okay, and the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord hands shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come to you or not. What do you see in this, this, this wilderness where the people of Israel, you, you see the complaining, right? In verse 1, they complain. Um, <clears throat> you see in verse 4 and 5, wailing and longing for the past. In verse 13, they're, they're, they're going after the leaders. They want Moses out. Uh, 
verse 20, looks like uh, rejecting God and God's plan. Is that not when you, when you in that wilderness, when you, the heat of your life comes upon you, how do you react? Do you react something like this? Do you complain? I'm not one who is always saying that, God, what are you doing? Sometimes I do, right? But my initial reaction is I'm either going to complain, it's not me, I'm blaming. What about you? How do you, how do you normally react in, 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 in your, when, when, when things go wrong in your life, when you are in that place of heat, as you will, how do you normally react? So this is what God is teaching us. It's, it's not really, um, <clears throat> he's showing us how people react in this wilderness, what we do in the wilderness situation. And so, <clears throat> so let's look at, go to Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 through 14. And I'll read, and you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by the word of God that comes forth, that comes from the mouth of God. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord, the Lord, your God by walking in his ways by fearing him for the Lord your God is bringing you into a land a land of brook, of brooks of water of fountains and springs flowing out in valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley of wine, vines and fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive trees and honey a land which in which you will lead will eat bread without scarcity and which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are, are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat <clears throat> and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget Lord your God, by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, least when you eat eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds, flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So look at what God is doing in the wilderness. The wilderness wanderings, um, 
So God has, is now showing them, right, what he, what he will do for them in, while they were in the wilderness. Uh, he's, he, he blesses them, right? He, he, he tells them that, that he will, uh, he provides for them. And the wilderness times in the wilderness is when we know that this is a time that we're not to forget God. And God will bless us through the time, things that we're going to. So life in the wilderness, it's all about God exposing us, changing us, and maturing us. He has not forgotten us or promises that he will, not, he will never leave us. So our wilderness times are those times where we grow. Right, we we see what God is doing in our lives, and He's drawing us closer to Him, so that we won't forget who we are in Christ, who provides for us. Does that make sense? Do do, do you do you find that in your life as well? How how have you grown in times what we can call the wilderness? How have you grown in those times? Would anybody like to share about situations in their lives where they have grown, where God has molded them and shaped them? Well, there's been, you know, many times in my life where, uh, even now, for example, um, parents are getting older, my parents. And this is a time that I'm being shaped and molded to care for my parents. God, he's been experiencing a lot of anxiety, right, having to care for them. Uh, anger, having to care for them. Just going through a lot. And I'm asking God exactly, what are you doing in my life? What am I supposed to be doing? Right? And so he's showing me how to be humble, how to be compassionate toward my parents, how to give up time that I don't want to give up. You know, so when I think about how God has treated me the same way, yes, Gay? Yeah, these situations that we find ourselves in, I think for me, and I know probably for you as well, <clears throat> you've gone through some really hard situations and you come out on the other side, I believe, I know for me it's trusting God more than I did in the situation. Um, understanding that obedience is important, trusting God, um, and remembering that even though these situations come into our lives <clears throat> and we go out into this world that's corrupt, um, God is, has not left us. He's always with us. And re regardless of what the world may bring to us, and regardless of all the situations and trials that we go through that we're in, He is always there working in us, drawing drawing us to him, causing us to examine ourselves 
in the situation, taking our minds off the situation and putting on what's, what's, what is God doing in my life, right? Um, I also say, you know, as a counselor, people come in to counseling, and where are they? They got heat, right? They got heat. They got a lot of heat. They're struggling. And the focus is not on what God is doing. The focus is, I need the heat to cool off. I need you to do something. I need you to take away. No one comes in thinking about what is God doing in my life right now. In the heat of life, what it can do is draw you away from God, even the people of God. And, and, and as, as we, as, as Christians, brothers and sisters, we need to know how we can come alongside of one another and help in those areas to point out, to point people back to God, to get people eyes and ears and, 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 and getting them back to God, to seeing what God is doing in their lives as opposed to just focusing on the situation. Remembering who God is, remembering who we are in Christ, trusting in the promises of Christ. In times of heat, who do you call on? Based on what you just said, who we call them leads into what I'm thinking. How often do we wake up in the morning or we, we go out and come across a, a challenge, so to speak, in our life? And who do we turn to? We try to figure out everything ourselves. We don't go to the sufficiency of Scripture. We try to do it in a way that comes to our mind. How, I, how am I going to take care of this? For me, quite often, it's a moment that God helps me recall what he's been teaching us, that he doesn't leave me nor forsake me. He is, in Philippians 4, talks about that he is, um, he gives us the power to complete everything, to, to do anything that he brings our way. He's talking about content. We're supposed to be content in him alone, not trying to figure out everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me, that, that's a big thing. And then when God gets me through one particular situation, it should be a reminder next time that he has gotten me through this previous moment of stress and challenge. Right? Mm -hmm. He will get me through another one. And that gives me the peace. So for me to constantly think about what Scripture says, and then God knowing that God gives me the strength to apply it to every situation, gives me peace. It might be a while, and I'm thinking, it's been a while, Lord, but I know you're teaching me something, teaching me all this character. And I know that he loves me. He wants to build all kinds of character that will bring him glory. And also to be used, you know, within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. 
So in verse 4, it says that their clothing didn't wear out and their feet didn't swell. And in another passage, it mentions that their shoes never went bad. And so I imagine for this enormous group of people, somebody had to notice. Like there had to be a mom in there somewhere who's like, what is going on with my kids' clothes? And so I imagine it was much easier for those people who noticed like those little sustaining feats of God. And so like in my own struggles, I try to see those those little places where my clothing's not wearing out, despite all of the wear and tear. Mm -hmm. And it helps, it helps to realize that this is, that this is in God's control. That is a great point. It is those small things, I think, if we can begin to see what God's doing in our lives. Those, those, those small things sometimes make a big difference in how we handle um, these situations that we come into life. And the other thing is, how do, I help, how do I help a brother and sister as well? There's a relational part here too. It's how can I help you when you are struggling with change or whatever that heat, whatever that, that problem that you're dealing with. How do, I, how, do, how do I help my brother? How can, you know, I need to be able to bring him back thinking about who God is, who you are in Christ, trusting the promises of God. You're growing in this, those small things you're, you're talking about. There's so many people forget who, who they are in Christ. And the, and the promises of God, yes. Uh, you're asking the, the point of, hey, how can I help someone? Don't know how I'd answer that question, but I would say, how can I help myself, or how have I helped myself in that? <clears throat> in many situations, the first question I ask myself is, do I have any control over this situation? Did I have any contributing factors of commission or omission, not that I'm not going to take responsibility, but a, a, a quick question is, was this something completely out of my control? Driving to work, stuck in traffic. Could I have done anything about it? No, I always leave 15 minutes early so I can get there 15 minutes early. So completely out of my control, nothing I can do about it. From experience, maybe other people have also experienced this where you uh, hopefully progress from the flesh being on autopilot to the spirit being on autopilot. And what I'm saying that is, <clears throat> you get into a situation, the heat kicks on, the flesh immediately responds, and then later you regret, you repent, you pray on it. Next time the same situation comes, you slowly move the needle to the spirit of, you're, you're, you're in it, but you still, the flesh kind of took over. And then, Hopefully at some point in time, you get to the point where you, you're seeing the problem before you even hit it. And then that's when either A, you're letting the flesh take over, or the spirit's going to take over and say, no, I'm not going to respond. But it requires constant prayer to 
keep the flesh in control, I mean the, the spirit in control to not let the, the flesh go on autopilot and sometimes you end up dipping down into that and you end up repeating the process. So it's not a one and done thing, it's a constant uh, uh, cycling. Oh, man. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I just want to, first of all, I appreciate all the comments that y'all have been making. Um, but I want to press in to, and just emphasize what you were saying, Mike, in terms of uh, how do we help one another. You know, we had the lesson a few weeks ago on change happens in community. And I think your, your question is, is touching on that. Uh, and this is where we recognize that because the heat in our lives, the difficult circumstances, have the tendency to blind us, or we just respond you know, by squinting our eyes because you know, it's so blinding, whatever, we're blinded to the truth. We, we just need one another to, to help us to see things that we can't see. Uh, and, and so that, that includes, you know, yes, we ought to be in the Word, we ought to be looking for the evidences of God's grace, which are all around us. It's not like we have to go on a search and find. <laughs> we just got to open our eyes to it. Um, yeah, but then when we're struggling, and we will struggle, that's when we need a brother or a sister to come alongside. And, and we can even ask that question, help me to see what I'm not seeing. Help me to see the evidences of God's grace. Um, and, and that's just so vital that we open ourselves up to others and seek out that ministry. And that's how we fulfill the one another in the New Testament, right? The speaking to one another in songs, mm -hmm. spiritual songs. Uh, that's how we speak the truth and love to one another. Those are the occasions that we desperately need one another uh, to minister the word of God. So. Well, <clears throat> we're uh, almost out of time. Uh, talk about the heat. Uh, this is classic. I was I was feeling the heat while I'm standing here, right? And I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, "Where does this come from? These are not the notes that I'm supposed to have for this class." So I'm in heat. I'm really thinking about, "Okay, God." These notes I printed out are the very, very rough, rough, rough draft of the class when we were reading the, uh, the, the uh, Deuteronomy instead of Numbers. So I'm feeling it, right? <laughs> I'm saying, so how am I going to get out of this? All right? This is just common heat, right? Simple sit situation. Right? Now, I could take that and go a lot of different places, be filled with anxiety. I can beat myself up, blah, 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 blah. And the rest of the day can be just messed up. And all those who come in contact with me, like my wife, will feel it as well. Right? But what was God trying to teach me? And this is what I'm asking. So what are you trying, what are you, do, what are you teaching me while I'm standing up here going through this? Because, you know, somebody's got to do something. Like your burden is my burden. Amen. Romans 8.28. Amen. So, you know, and it's just those real simple things like that, right? 
those real simple things like that is is how I see God's working in my life and, and coming to me and teaching me, right? Prepare better. Make sure, double check, small things like that, right? Handle his word with very, very good care. You know, I can go on and on and on, or I can, you know, pile it on and say, you're nothing, you're this, you're this, you're that. But I thank God how he has worked in our lives today. And so the one thing we always want to remember, regardless of how rough things can be on any given day, just know that God is working to expose, change, and mature us. He hasn't forgotten us. Um, he hasn't forgotten that the things he has promised to us will come to will come true. And so let's let's stand on that. Let's stand on what God has said. <coughs> trust in his promise, trust in his word that he will do what he says he will do and we are who he says we are. So let's pray. <coughs>